here comes the money. You're now listening to the Gambling with Gold podcast with Jason Gold. Presented by Champions Round. Welcome to episode 54 of Gambling with Gold. My name is Jason Gold, and as always, I am joined by my buddy from the Action Network, Dan Titus. Dan, I assume that you're not the one to put $4.5 million on the Bengals, but that's some D-Gen shit. That's what we're going to talk about on this show. It's going to be an exciting day. Yeah, man, I wish it was me. Uh, it was not. So, yeah, right now I'm focused. Actually, I'm going to throw in some bets on the Pro Bowl. Um, it's just pretty pretty gross shit, but, you know, they got to have a little fun. It's a nice little off week, bye week for the NFL here like the skills challenge that they did last week so or the other day so um yeah man might as well uh, keep the action flowing here as we anticipate the uh, super bowl should we talk about some pro bowl bets off the top because we have a seven stakes contest for it nice little lead in there uh we're giving away a <laughs> debo samuel jersey for uh whoever wins our seven stakes contest for the pro bowl we also have one for herbert for the senior bowl senior bowl is happening saturday uh we're giving that away for first place and then right after this show friday 10 or 11 30 we're giving away Tom Brady Hamlet on Twitter spaces. So come join us for that. Pro Bowl bets. What do you got? I'm going with unders, man. I'm taking all of the unders on the running backs. There is an interesting clause this year that running, I guess the offensive line gets an incentive to a charity if uh, one of the teams rushes for over 100 yards. But um, yeah, so I'm going to take Jonathan Taylor under 12 and a half receiving yards. That was a, a nice one that I grabbed there. Um, Derek Henry, I'm also not expecting him to play much. Also tailing, if there's any lines for anybody that just lost in the divisional round, I'm taking unders on those guys because I don't expect them to play much. Um, this is a young, this is a young man's game here. So I'm expecting Justin Jefferson to go over whatever his his receiving prop is. Um and uh Kirk Cousins, I think he could actually be a guy. He this is the first time he's actually earned a spot there. So I think he probably has something to prove a little bit. Um, somewhere like someone that I would fade is probably Russell Wilson. It's his eighth time making it um, in the uh, Pro Bowl, so don't expect him to do much. More like Justin Herbert, you know, Kyler Murray. Uh, lean into the young guys that actually have uh, a stage to uh, kind of show their talents here. I love it. I'm I'm super excited now. I'm going to go bet on all of this stuff. I love the Jonathan oh, Taylor one. And I like the I like yeah. I was going to say, imagine Deontay Johnson with a, an actual quarterback. Just saying. Just saying. Uh, maybe a little preview for what we're going to see next year. Uh, super interesting. I, uh, I I definitely want to bet the Taylor one. I definitely like the idea of fading like Tyreek, Debo. The Ty- I mean, you saw Tyreek in the 40 yesterday. He didn't care. Yeah. He didn't try. He, he wanted no part of that deal. <laughs> um, so I can definitely see that him uh, not having a good game. Love the JJ idea. So I'm with you. I'm going to have to go place a lot of bets. I didn't think that this would be a big gambling weekend for me. <laughs> Uh, I'm an idiot. Every weekend's a big gambling week for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's just going to supplement your your college betting degenerateness. Oh, well, I, it's okay. It's Friday slate of college basketball, and I have 17 bets. So that's probably <laughs> an issue. There's only 20 <laughs> games on the board, and I have 17 bets. Uh, that's not really how you make money, but that's how you have a lot of fun. Um, speaking of fun, we're going to go through our Super Bowl 56 degenerate betting power ranking so the the worst the stupidest the most fun bets that you can make on the super bowl i'm gonna give you my top five dan's gonna throw out a couple let's start off with this don't bet any of these if you want to make money (laughs) don't bet any of these if you love having fun bet all of them all right let's start off with that my number one 
on the DGN power rankings for betting for the Super Bowl. And it all comes down to math. The fucking coin toss. The fact that you're paying juice on a coin toss that's a true 50-50 is ridiculous. You have to pay some of books between minus 102 and minus 105. Hilarious. Any bet that you can do with the coin toss, you're going to pay juice on. Rams or Bengals to win the toss. Team that wins the coin toss to win the game. Win or lose. You're paying juice on all of those. Minus 102 to minus 105. Dumbest, most degenerate bet. And can you imagine the idea of losing a bet before you make it into the fucking game? That's terrible. (laughs) It's terrible. Why would you do that to yourself? Because you love gambling. And why not? But come on, that's one that, of the most interesting things you can bet on, right? It's 50% chance. Is it heads or is it tails? You know, let's let's go for it. Come on, gotta do it. Yeah. I mean, how about max bet coin toss? Start off your day the right way. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I like it, so man. That's fun. like bet bet just throw it all on black, man. It's all good. All right. Uh, what do you got for your your number one here? Yeah, my number one, I'm gonna go the under. I'm gonna take no. Will Snoop Dogg smoke on stage? It's yeah, spicy. I was talk about that one. It's spicy, but I, I, I gotta feel like uh, you, you would expect that Snoop Dogg's got to be puffing something, but for whatever reason, I think he's gonna keep it PC in this moment, and he's not gonna smoke on stage. I, I would assume that he's not gonna smoke on stage because it's the NFL and they don't like having any fun. Uh, <laughs> all right, True. so no fun league. <laughs> my number two thing on my DGN power rankings was the national anthem and any of the halftime props. So I'm, I'm with you here. And I had the couple. The, the Will Snoop light up a blunt. Uh, that's a hilarious bet. What shoe color is he going to be wearing when he comes on stage? Also very interesting. There, He might be wearing LA colors, Rams colors. Very He's true. Steelers, Steelers fan. Maybe he'll wear the yellow. Maybe it's just a plain black. Something fun to talk about with your friends. Also, you're going to be He's so drunk at time that you too. He's not going to be wearing red. So if red's an option, don't select that one. There you go. Uh, wardrobe malfunction always on the list now. There won't be one. There never is. Nah. Plus, there's only no t- it's only Mary. <laughs> yeah, it's only Mary J. And Mary J's a uh, nice, classy lady. That's not the family be affair, man. She she's not going to be. Nah, that ain't that, that ain't happening. That was a nice drop there. I, I see what nice. you did. Um, <laughs> you could do that for first song. Family affair. I, I could see I feel that. Like, I could see that. I feel like first song or last song has to be California Love. I feel like it's a great intro, but I'm not sure where it's going to land. Great it has point. to be one of the two. There's also one on uh, are all five going to collaborate on a song? I, I'm a thinking, uh, man, you got to think no, because I don't know what how you would make that work. But I feel like California Love is a one. They do some like remix rendition of it. Like that would make sense to me. Yeah. And uh, I don't know, man. I, I could see that. I could see that. Also, there's the first person to come on stage, which is interesting. You think it's it's really Dr. Dre's curated show. But Dre is not always one to make himself the center of attention. So I wouldn't be surprised if it's Good someone point. else coming out first. Um, I would assume that it won't be Eminem or, or Kendrick. They seem like maybe they're like the, the special artist. Maybe it'll be Snoop or Mary J first. Uh, be interesting. That, the one thing I'll say about this market is you don't really want to follow what what would say sharp action here. Like people <laughs> on Twitter who like think that they have early information. Because there'll be guys like, I'm an agent. I know that Mary Jane's going to come out. Shut the fuck up. Like, you don't know anything. So (laughs) unless there's some sort of like source within the circle, don't trust it. Have fun betting it. But if you think that you have sharp action on this, nah, you don't. 
I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go plus three twenty five of Snoop Dogg to come out swinging. I don't All think right. you start. You don't start with Mary J because she's like, she's gonna be probably the least hype out of everyone. So I feel like you got to kind of blend her in the middle. I could see you making a splash with Eminem to start it out, but like that's too. He's too. He's too upper echelon to just be brought out first. I feel like Uncle Snoop's gonna be that guy that's gonna be like, "Yo, let me get this party started. Get you on yeah. some gin and juice. You know, get the get the vibes going. Then you throw in like Kendrick. Then you bring in Mary. Then you go Eminem and then and then Dre. But that that's wow. just my that's what I'm thinking. That's this has turned into horse racing now. You have like some sort of exactor, <laughs> super exacta of how yeah, exact order the, they're gonna the, come out. The tier rankings here of how how you gotta pop off this party here. See, that's the bet that we need. The order <laughs> in which they come out exactly. Right. right. Super <laughs> Bet MGM, are you listening to us? We have great ideas. Um, all right, what's your uh what's your second one on the board? Uh, so my second one was going for the anthem here. I was going to go, is it under over under 95 seconds? I got to take the over on that one, uh, even though, you know, I feel like this is just one of those things that always kind of draws out a little bit longer than you expect. I'm expecting yeah. at least two minutes here. This is another thing where people think that they're like, they got dudes who are working as gaffers who have like time <laughs> clocks who are timing the, the pregame when there's no Come fans, <laughs> there's no extra sound. Yeah. And they're like giving it out information to Sharps and Vegas. Like, she was 93 <laughs> seconds this time. It's like, dude, she's not in the, I don't know. I don't know. No one's trying to break that. records here and no one needs to have a time constraint. Like this is your yeah. moment to shine. You're going to add in a couple notes. It would be interesting though, is if you bet on, if someone's going to mess up, I always find that that's a funny one. Um, if they're yeah. going to flub the, the lyrics a little bit. There's one that I saw is, uh, will they have, oh my God, what is it? Oh, will they miss a line? of the national anthem. And it was like plus two ten or something like that. That's, that's kind of funny. I've never heard of whoever's singing the anthem this year. I've never heard of her before. Um, yeah. I feel like you, you're going to need like a Fergie type of person to like do something like that when she just absolutely obliterated the, uh, the national anthem for the uh, NBA all-star game with her own version of that, whatever that was. All right. My number three on the board here, this is super D gen. Uh, how many dogs will be in a commercial during the Super Bowl? I literally, <laughs> I see this, I see this listed somewhere at four and a half. That that is special. Yeah, I mean the puppy bowl is a huge thing. So uh, I mean, oh, man, I gotta take the over on that. I feel like there's gonna be all kinds of dogs. It's got it. dogs. everyone loves dogs. <laughs> everyone loves dogs, but the fact that that's listed, how how many dogs right. will be in a commercial? And if there's two dogs in one commercial, does that count or is it? True. The amount True. of commercials. I need right, to know this right. information. It's need to know. <laughs> Very need to know right now. All right. Uh, what do you guys? Your next one. Uh, my next one is how many how many planes are going to fly over the stadium? And right now the line Whoa. is set at five. Yeah. You got to be. That's really a bet. Yeah, it's a bet. That, so I'm thinking of the flying incredible. V. You know, they always have this like formation of like you know some you know Blue Angels oh. or F 35s or whatever they're going to have. I got to yeah. take the over on five, man. Come on. It's in LA, SoFi Stadium. Really dope. You got you to gotta have more than five planes. You know where my dumb brain went? Because it's over LAX. I thought they literally meant like commercial planes <laughs> that will fly over LA. That's over SoFi. And here comes Southwest just cruising. Yeah, by. yeah exactly. I thought they were just going to have like a camera in the parking lot be like, that's American Airlines Flight 19 landing. <laughs> Jesus, I'm so dumb. That's great. That should be a bet. That should be a bet. 
I need like air traffic control to be like doing the over right. under like live on some sort of like walkie talkie radio. And now we have our fourth plane that looks yeah. like an Alaska Airlines flight to Portland cruising <laughs> by. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, what's this next one? Oh, this is a good one. Will the announcers talk about the spread in the game, which is essentially betting on betting time? Right. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing I love more than betting about betting. And worth mentioning here, Al Michaels is doing the game, a notorious degenerate gambler. So I think that we're going to, I think that we're going to see it. I think we're going to see it. I, I think we're going to see it too, man. I think we're going to see probably the most sports book promotions that we've ever seen throughout the whole entire broadcast. So I'm not going to be surprised if Al Michaels throws in a couple spread total, some kind of play in there. Do you have one more for me? I do. My last one is which coach there, which coach or player are they gonna is the camera gonna pan to first during the national anthem? And uh, right now, McVeigh is is in the lead. I think obviously because he's probably more better looking than than Taylor, and he's the home team. And and then they also have Jamar Chase versus uh, Cooper Cup. Um, I'm gonna go for Cooper Cup just for how good of a season he had. So yeah, I'm, I'm gonna take the Rams players that are probably gonna be the first ones pan to during that national anthem. That is really interesting and really degenerate. The the best kind. Um, <laughs> so specific. All right, my last one, and this kind of goes to the coin toss thing. It's the Gatorade bath, man. The Gatorade bath, yeah. The Gatorade bath is so degenerate. It's so dumb. No one remembers what color it is. It's on the screen for maybe a quarter of a second. Everybody's shit faced at the end of the game. You're like one <laughs> eye, like what color is that? Is that red or orange or blue? I don't know. So. Last year, they didn't even show it on camera. They had to go I back. Say, and I didn't be like, even see it. <laughs> no, they had to like Zapruder film it and like be like, they, "Oh, I got it in a corner of one shot on NBC's like eighth channel, like they're on Telemundo or something, searching for whatever the Gatorade <laughs> color is going to be." Um, so yeah, yeah, don't bet on that. This is another one where people think that they have like sharp information. They're like, "Oh, Tom Brady won't drink Gatorade, so they have water on the sidelines, so you have to bet clear." You don't know anything. You don't know anything. So what so, has there ever been a color that it hasn't been? Like has blue ever been the, the winning bet? Like I, I don't under I don't imagine athletes would have a cooler of blue Gatorade. That seems yeah, like, I, don't I don't know. know. That one's like too sugary for me. I don't know. Also, like maybe it was last year because of COVID. Like were were there the big buckets of Gatorade to like jump bump? Yeah, drop on people? Yeah, I'm about to say, are, like are people squirting? still sharing buckets? <laughs> right. Yeah. Do we have individual uh, bottles that everyone's squirting different colors? Exactly. That's <laughs> yeah, that's a, a weird one. All right, that does it for DGEN Power Rankings. We hope that you bet all these. We will not talk about these on the show next week unless we have some sort of real inside information on one of these. Right. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I, I hope that you bet them. You you know what? Tweet at us with whatever your most DGEN Power Ranking bet is. Uh, love Somehow I think I'm, that ours are not even the most the, the most DGEN here. So, yeah, send, send them out. We want to hear them. Well, it – it's Friday, the week before the Super Bowl. We have eight days for these books to get real creative with what sort of dumb shit they want to put up. So <laughs> I'm super excited to see what uh, what they come up with. All right. We're going to do quickly X Factors for Super Bowl 56. And then we're going to talk about some best bets that we've already made. Um, listen to a lot of podcasts this week. Sharps are definitely on the Rams. No doubt. St- sticking at four and a half. They're definitely liking the under 48 and a half. Those look like those lines are going to stick. All the money at this point points to the Rams. 57% of the bets, 76% of the money is on the Rams. Um, so 
listened to a lot of podcasts this week, figured out what some breakdowns are going to happen, what the Bengals defense wants to do, what the Rams offense wants to do. My first X factor here, Cincinnati's defense. So I have to go through this very specifically. Cincinnati's defense last week against Kansas City did this rush three drop eight, which they had done during the season. The part that was different about last week was they ran this very bespoke defense where they were running man against uh, dropping eight and running man. So you have all these guys filtering through the middle of the field and Mahomes got very lost, was taking that extra second to figure out what he wanted to do with the ball. Couldn't figure it out, was slow. That's why Hendrickson was able to get home a couple of times, why he wasn't able to complete a couple of passes to Travis Kelsey. So do you do that against the Rams again? Hard. Because if you drop three, Rams have a great offensive line. If you drop eight and rush three, you're not going to get home. But Stafford is better versus the blitz than versus a non-blitz. So that's not the worst thing in the world. If you're not able, if you don't get home, he's not a running threat. So just keep him in the pocket, make him make decisions from there. The problem with for Cincinnati is they're going to have to run zone against the Rams because versus man, Cooper Cup is literally the best receiver of all time. This year, it was like 4.3 yards per attempt that he was averaging. And no one in the history of the NFL had averaged more than three. He's a monster versus Stafford's a monster versus the blitz and Cooper cup is a monster versus man. You're not going to be able to do that. If you play man in a drop eight against Cooper cup, you will lose. You're going to lose the game for sure. If you run zone off the drop eight, maybe you can do something, but that's kind of what the 49ers did last week with the rush four and drop seven. And where did Stafford go? He went to Odell Beckham. So if they run this thing where they go drop eight zone Odell to the moon, I'm telling you, over yards, over receptions, he's going to have about seven for a buck 20 if they do that. So X factor in terms of gambling is if they run the zone, bet on Odell. The other part is Cincinnati and the Rams are going to have this nice, interesting chess match on the drop eight. And if they do <coughs> drop eight, one of the things that you can do is run the ball a lot. And is it going to be Akers? Is it going to be Michelle? You kind of have to figure out that dynamic. So one of the things that I'm looking for, X factor, Cincinnati's defense and how they run their rush three drop eight. Yeah, it's interesting because um, really looking at that Mike Hilton and Cooper Cup matchup, and Hilton uh, reportedly shut him down in two, in their first matchup in 2019, but um, he's been abused um, over the course of this this season. He's allowed a 98.9 passer rating when targeted this season, so he's going to have his hands full with Cooper Cup there. So you got to figure if you're you know if you're if you're bringing that three drop eight. Um, scheme that you were just referring to that that really did a great job against Mahomes. Um, you're going to have to get some support there, um, and those cornerbacks are going to have to step up because that they're going to have a. It's going to be hard to uh, keep uh, Cooper Cup contained with Matt Stafford having all day to throw. And as you said, I mean he was just phenomenal um, against the blitz this year. So how do you get that pressure to Matt Stafford, make him uncomfortable? Because when you get pressure on Stafford, he does fold. That's when you start seeing the turnovers and the interceptions. But um, you know, how do you how do you do that balance of you know remaining in coverage and, and keeping your your skill positions at bay, but then also getting pressure on them? So that's going to be an interesting challenge to watch. So definitely uh, like that uh, that breakdown here because it makes a lot of sense. All right, uh, what's your uh, number one X factor in this game? Uh, mine's is how the offensive line for the Bengals is going to hold up. You know, this mm-hmm. uh, Aaron Donald led the NFL in pass win rate, so you know they're going to have to do a a really good job of of trying to protect Burrow. 
And uh, they did a good job against the the Kansas City Chiefs. Obviously, um, he, he was only sacked what once, maybe. Um, the, the the Bengals definitely won that battle. But uh, you saw, um, I think that they learned from the Titans matchup. You know, maybe you want to bring in those tight ends, get more people on the line, give a little bit more support to that offensive line. If they can hold up, I think we could see uh, Joe Burrow have enough time to actually pass the ball here. Wouldn't be surprised if Joe Mixon gets busy early. They did a really good job of establishing the run. That's going to be key to controlling this game and, and the clock and, and, and winning in the trenches. And you got to keep them honest, right? Because if the Rams get any sense that you're going to be passing, I mean, that's when they're going to get that pressure. So uh, they're going to have to keep them at bay with that offensive line. Yeah, interestingly enough, I, I think that Mixon can get busy on the ground too. But one of the best bets that I saw – in the marketplace right now is everybody's hammering this Joe Mixon under receiving yards started at 29 and a half, yeah. already down to 24 and a half. What's your read on that situation? Cause bet MGM, I believe tweeted out that that is the most heavily bet prop right now on the board coming down from 29 and a half to 24 and a half. And usually I like these Mixon overs. Why do you think it's dropping so hard? Uh, that's a good question. I mean, I think it might just be that uh, they're signaling that the that they want to win and that they want to win by uh, rushing the ball a lot and, and pounding the and pounding the rock. And we saw uh, Joe Mixon have a lot of success in this postseason catching the ball. I got to expect him to get loose a little bit, you know, in, in the uh, in the backfield. But twenty four and a half yards. Um, just looking at what the game script could be, if the Rams, if this is a close, if you think this is going to be a close game. I would definitely take the under on that. If this game gets yeah. out of hand and they have to pass more, obviously that's going to be uh, a signal that Joe Mixon could be more active in the pass game. But I think this one's is, is going to be pretty close. Um, being that the, the trend is going to the under and the sharps are hammering the under, um, I'm expecting this to be more of a you know a more traditional um, outing for both teams. Both of these guys are conservative coaches for the most part, um, especially mm -hmm. Zach Taylor. So you know if he continues to just run the ball, keep. Um, Keep keeping the defense honest, running some play action fakes. I think we'll see a little bit less of Joe Mixon, but also look at Samaji P. Ryan. I mean, he had that he took that screen pass to the house last game. So, I mean, I think he, he's proven that he could be a capable third down back um, and spell Joe Mixon if need be. I completely agree with you. Uh, my number two X factor here is about the Rams getting home with four and being able to drop seven, cover their three excellent wide receivers. Yeah, Donald Donald coming up the middle. Is he going to be able to get pressure? Like you said, he's the best in the NFL at getting to the quarterback, best at win rate. If he's able to get go straight up the field right at Burrow and force him out of his spot, out of the pocket, and have to move outside of the pocket and throw on the run, that's a huge win for the Rams. The counter that the Bengals have here is these quick possession throws. It's kind of like Tyler Boyd last week. He's just like little seven-yard catch, get down. Can the Bengals win the game? running that sort of offense, whereas what they really want to do is run the ball with Mixon and then heave that motherfucker down the field to Jamar right. and T. Higgins. I don't think that's happening in this game. Sure, I mean, look, Chase is always liable to break one whenever possible, but if he's getting guarded by Ramsey, this comes down to T. Higgins being able to break one. Now, he's going to have an advantage, certainly height and, and body-wise, uh, yeah. on the other side of the football, so he could have a good game, but T's not really one that's breaking, you know, 70 yarders. So you're going to have to hit a couple of these 30 uh, burgers to Higgins. And uh, yeah, if the Rams are able to get home and force Burrow off of the spot, I think it could be a long day for Cincy. So I'd be interested to see what Zach Taylor and Joe Burrow do as a counter to potentially having a lot of pressure in their face. They did okay against the Titans. They still took all the sacks, but they were able to win the game more on the defense than the offense. Last week, they didn't face as much pressure this week or in the Super Bowl, they're going to face 
all of the pressure. Yeah, I think this this is one of my second X factors here, and uh, most of my X factors kind of went to the Bengals side of things because I think that they have the the larger climb here in terms of deficiencies um, comparatively. But um, this is going to be about T. Higgins. He's got to dominate that that matchup against Darius Williams. He's five nine, um, so you you got the distinct height advantage. You got to take advantage of that. Maybe you'll get more box you know, box it out and get in those, those uh, first downs, but he's going to have to be the main possessions guy here with J- with Jalen Ramsey busy with Jamar chase. And then you also look at Tyler Boyd. I think he has a pretty, a pretty favorable matchup as well. He's going to be going up against David long jr. Who had a 92.7 QB rating um, allowed when targeted this year. So um, these, these secondary wide receivers have got to step up for the Bengals um, and Joe Burrow here. Um, I don't think you can rely on Jamar Chase to have these explosive, um, explosive 70, 80 yard type plays throughout the game here. This is really going to have to be a, a mismatch and taking care of those um, those advantages where you have them on those other those other cornerbacks, the nickel corner and the, and the slot corners. Gotcha. All right. My uh, my third X factor, just the Rams experience in the Super Bowl. A lot of these guys have been there before Cooper was in the, the first one against the Patriots. So right. was Donald. A lot of their guys were McVay obviously now has. Super Bowl head coaching experience, and he probably learned a lot in the loss. Usually, learn more uh, in defeat than in victory. So, hopefully, he took a lot from how to prepare for this week and this game sure. from the last one. If you're a Rams fan, if you're on the Bengals, you hopefully he learned nothing. Um, I, I so, and then also you talk about guys. So Stafford doesn't have the experience, but guys that they brought in, Von Miller, Eric Weddle. These guys have tons of playoff experience. They know exactly what right. they're going to be in for. The Bengals have no one basically no one on their team that has had any real playoff success beyond this year or any Super Bowl experience. Uh, maybe that's a good thing. I, I'm interested to see sometimes this youthful exuberance inexperience. I don't know what I'm in for type of thing. Sometimes that works out. You, you don't get nervous for the moment. You know that you have so many years ahead of you. You just go out there and play football. Um, I'm wondering which side is going to be more valuable in this one. The The last point about the experience is, is it weird for me to say that Joe Burrow has more big game experience than Matthew Stafford? Because I don't think it's that weird to say. Uh, how good was Stafford at Georgia? I mean, obviously, he was I mean, a, no number one pick, they, but they, they didn't play for anything big. They never even played for an SEC right. championship, I don't believe, during his time at Georgia. Joe went through all the big games. He was on the Ohio State teams. They were always in big games. He was at right. LSU. Obviously, he went to a championship. Now he's went through three playoff games, which is basically the exact Stafford's been six playoff games. Not that different. Um, he didn't and, get very far. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I, I think that Joe's experience probably in the playoff game and the national championship will probably be pretty beneficial to him this week. As for everybody else, you know, I don't know. They might get more nervous, but from the quarterback position, I think that Burrow definitely has more uh, experience in big games than Stafford does, which is kind of wild. Yeah, it's going to be a pretty. I mean, just the the caliber of Joe Burrow at this point. Like, I I didn't think I don't think many people saw the ascension and him hitting this quickly, especially after coming off a serious knee injury. Um, yeah. But just just his confidence that he has, and and you're right. I think he's not scared of this moment. He's been in this. Essentially, he hasn't had. I mean, he had one down year, and then he's been right back on center stage again. So, yeah, exactly. whereas Matt Stafford's had like a nice layoff of being in Detroit, of just being mediocre, if not you know borderline suspect all, all of his career. Um, so I think Joe, Joe Burrow definitely is going to be able to um, handle this moment. And who knows, maybe we do see Stafford unfold a little bit, but I don't know. I, I think he's got enough veteran leadership in that locker room to, to your point that uh, 
he'll be ready. Yep. I mean, Von Miller's already won a Super Bowl with a quarterback who basically couldn't throw the ball. So, so I, yeah. I think that they're going to have some good experience and know exactly what they're going to have to do. Vaughn and Aaron Donald will have that defense in a good position. Um, so just want to ask you real quick, what do you yeah. think if the Rams win this, what do you think that this does for Stafford's chances of, I mean, he's already better than Joe Flacco, right? Like by yeah. bar none, but he's not a system quarterback. He's never been that he's going to have records, you know, but when it's all said and done, this guy throws, I mean, he's got so many garbage time uh, yards that he's going to be up there and within the top 10 in passing. If he continues to play till he's like, you know, 37 or 38 or so. Um, do you think he's going to, this could give him a chance to make, to make the hall of fame? I mean, he came into the league so young and has had so many seasons where he's been healthy ish. If you go look like he was the fastest to like every single, like 10,000 yeah. yard mark. He's like the fastest right. to it. Mm-hmm. There's a chance that if he plays until he's 40, that he's going to come close to a lot of these Brady records, um, yeah. and really sneak up there. Yeah, you give me all those stats with the Super Bowl uh, in L.A., which I, I think matters more when you win in a big city. It's like if Eli won two Super Bowls in Cincinnati, yeah, I don't think it matters. No one would have yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't think it matters as much as it does uh, when you're playing right. for either a team like the the Steelers, like you know one of the best franchises in the NFL, or you're playing in a big city. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think well, I think one in L.A. is probably worth two in Jacksonville. So. Um, yeah, I, I think that he'll probably end up being a uh, uh, in the Hall of Fame. Although, I will say, with all these stats coming up and everybody just passing the crap out of the ball, I think it's going to mean less, like, how many yards mm-hmm. you throw for. It's like, yeah. how many championships do you win? Like, you know a Hall of Famer when you see one, right? So, yeah. I don't think that he passes my eyeball test of a Hall of Famer, but if he wins a Super Bowl here and maybe knocks off one more, you win two Super Bowls as a quarterback. I feel like you're a Hall of Famer. And even Eli. You know, even Eli. Yeah. I mean, he made Calvin Johnson a Hall of Famer, so I don't know how much stock you put into that. But I don't know how much he made Calvin Johnson a Hall of Famer. I think Calvin Johnson was just a Someone monster. had to throw him the ball, though. If that was Blake Bortles, we wouldn't be t- <laughs> I could have thrown him the ball. Oh, wait, you're like LeBron? Here. Whoop. <laughs> Not that hard. But, yeah, I, I get your point. Um, all right. You want to go through quick best bets and head on out of here? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. All right, my first best bet that I've made thus far, over three and a half field goals in the game. This one's very specific. You have two Pro Bowl caliber kickers, and you have coaches that are not prone to go for it on fourth down. They're not aggressive in those situations. So to me, especially in a low-scoring game, you think that they're going to be able to move the ball a little bit. We're not just going to have a complete punt fest, but I think that you're going to see a lot of field goals both McVay and Taylor definitely trust these kickers. Not like they're going to take them off the field for 50-plus yarders. They're going to let them kick the ball. So give me over three-and-a-half field goals. Actually, if you can find the attempted field goals, I'm going to guess it's probably at four-and-a-half. Love that one, too. Uh, I think there might be a, a long miss at some point during this game. So give me the over three-and-a-half field goals as uh, my early best bet. Yeah, I love that. Um, my first best bet, actually, is pretty similar to that. I'm taking Evan McPherson over – one and a half field goals made. He's made over two in seven straight games. And uh, yeah, I think that, you know, you just talked about the conservativeness of, of Zach Taylor. Um, we know his reliability. I don't think there's going to be any issue kicking in SoFi Stadium. Uh, this guy is locked in. This is what this is what pays off when you spend a high draft capital on a, on a kicker that's this good. And uh, this dude, has his nerves are there. Um, so yeah. I don't think he's getting shook in the moment. I, I see him definitely hitting at least two field goals here. All right. What's your uh, what's your best bet here? Oh, uh, that was my best bet. 
Oh, uh, over McPherson over one and a half uh, field goals. I'm like already on this, like, <laughs> yeah, field goals, field goals. All right, cool. That was locks, locks, all the locks. Um, on the other side, I, I would take the same one for uh, Matt Gay also. Matt, Matt Gay. If you can find, mm-hmm. yeah, if you can find that at one and a half too. I think it all leads in. We, when we talked about it on text, two field right. goals each. Perfect. Everybody goes home happy. Uh, I have another one that I want to sneak in here really quickly. Acres under 16 and a half rush attempts. I think that he's a little bit more banged up than we think. I think it's going to be more of a split between him and Michelle. I do not necessarily think this is going to be a game script of them running the crap out of the ball. 16 and a half seems really high. I can't see Acres getting 17 carries in this game. I think it's going to be more like somewhere between like 11 and 13. So I would actually bet this down a little bit too. But if you can get the 16 and a half in here, or if it goes to 17, oh boy, I'm going to throw a lot of money on that. I like that. I love that actually. All right. Uh, found some good bets. Found some DJ bets. I love it. So next week, Wednesday, Tuesday or Wednesday, we're going to do our props galore. We're going to go through a list of probably 50 of them. I'm going to send to Dan over the weekend. And then <laughs> Friday, we're going to do all of our best bets. It's going to be great. I can't wait. Somehow I planned this out where that, uh, so this was episode 54. Episode 55 is on Wednesday. And literally for Super Bowl 56, we are doing episode hey. 56 of the Super Bowl. I don't know how I'm at, but uh, so yeah, we, we look forward to uh, you guys twice next week. Until then, good luck on all the Pro Bowl bets, Senior Bowl bets, golf bets, college basketball degenerate <laughs> bets. Uh, make sure you keep a bankroll for next weekend because you're going to need it. Don't blow it all this week. We're going to need it. That's my last part of it. All right. <laughs> See you guys later. All right, Joe.